3: After 45 games of the Skybet League 2 campaign, boss Nigel Clough has a very clear message ahead of Saturday's finale.
0: I
4: don't want it to dissolve into nothing. I don't want us to waste all the work that we've put in, not just in the last six months, over the last nine, 18 months. don't want to waste it on Saturday. And I felt there was an element to that on Monday. We missed an opportunity on Monday. Don't miss another one.
3: A two-all draw at Salford may have eliminated another team from the playoff race, but as Clough rightly says, it was an opportunity missed. And so this coming Saturday, if Stags want to gain automatic promotion, not only do they need to beat title-hunting Forest Green Rovers, they also need the sides around them to drop points. Nigel Clough's men need to focus on the probabilities, and for me, even taking off the pessimistic hat which I always seem to wear, they need to ensure they gain at least a point, as by doing so, they will finish in the playoffs and stay in with a chance of success. Defeat to Forest Green Rovers then means it's all eyes on Sutton United, so let's deliver a forward team talk and keep it simple. Don't lose out now. Coming up tonight, we'll look back at the 2 draw at Salford and go through all the permutations as this crazy season reaches its dramatic crescendo. Get involved in the comments on the live feed and have your say on your team. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's time to banish the memories of three years ago where just a point was needed for automatic promotion and focus on getting the job done this time around. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Strap yourselves in. Make sure you've got a defib near you because the drama is going to the wire. When your efforts come to nothing, don't believe it's all in vain. View every little setback as a chance to try again. Forget all thoughts of failure. That's a thought you'll never need. And take comfort from the knowledge you're certain to succeed, so long as you don't lose to Forest Green Rovers on Saturday at home at the one-course stadium. Stags will succeed in some way, shape or form by finishing in the Sky Bet League 2 playoffs. Hello and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans <laughs> by the fans. The end of the season is nigh. A big, big home game on Saturday afternoon. Could well be all or nothing again. Joining me to ramp up the tension, to look ahead to that huge game on Saturday and reflect on the 2 or draw at Salford. Two men with lots of promotion experience lots of final day experience and all of the the expertise and the tears to come with it as well one man who will be critical to that i'm sure everybody will listening to him word for word breath for breath at the halftime interval when he reads out the halftime scores is alan wilson good evening good evening uh, craig and good evening everyone and the man watching from just alongside me in n block in the ian greaves upper clive parking good evening Hello, Craig. Hello, everybody. Good to see you in the Conservatory again, in basking in that sunlight. It must mean that the end of the season uh, is uh, nigh uh, again. Well, I don't know where to start, fellas. I mean, final game of the season is just around the corner. Obviously, uh, it seems like an absolute eternity that we were sort of uh, sat here at the start of the season looking ahead for, for what could come. And I don't know about you, chaps, but... Uh, on one hand, I do want it to finish because I want the, you know, I want to see the end result. But on the other hand, I really, really don't, and I, I'm really in two minds ahead of Saturday, Clive.
2: Yes, we could never have predicted a season like this, could we? I mean, it, it is a tricky one now because we've got our appetite for success back, and of course, if we don't then achieve that, it's going to be a disappointment for a lot of people. And yet, you've got to keep reminding yourself what it could have been if the earlier seasons trend were to continue Um, but that won't mean for anything if we fail on saturday we'll all be rightly disappointed to think to have thought that all the work that's got in so far that's got us so close um might not actually get us there
3: yeah it's all because we didn't get a goal at uh, Salford on Monday, after, you know, in the second half. One goal, Alan Wilson, would have been enough to uh, at least seal the Stags' playoff uh, fate. But a draw wasn't enough because Sutton United can still catch the Stags mathematically. And of course, with results which went elsewhere after the game, the Stags could have been heading into Saturday's game, sat in third position, and it would have been theirs to lose, just like three years ago today.
5: It's just a shame, Craig, that, you know, on here, on everywhere else, on the internet, on the talking pages, social media, we're not really talking about the second half performance. We're talking about, you know, what should have happened with the gentleman that scored the second goal and the equaliser for them shouldn't even have been on the pitch. But it's just a thing that we've had to, uh, you know, go along with all the time. You know, it seems to be, especially the last 10 games, but I just don't think we were good enough in the second half. When they scored the goal after the first two minutes, we were unplayable for the next twenty or twenty-five. We played absolutely superb football, and if Longstaff had, had tapped that one in, and, you know, instead of just going by the post, could have been a different. Oh, sport, I'm but flashbacks. You know. <laughs> but it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things. What will be, will be. Craig, at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, what will be will be indeed. I mean, for me, Clive, uh, your thoughts on this? Um, I actually slightly disagree with Alan. I I felt that we were all right in the second half, but it, it depends on looking at where what we were coming up against, and and that is a Salford City side that were desperate. They needed to win. Their season's over now. They're in Sky Bet League Two again next year. They um they 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 needed desperately to to get three points and we're going to come out and chuck everything including Bab's kitchen as in in that second half and uh, and did I felt that we were a little bit nervy yes but we sat back and defended because I think had we gone for it in the last 10 minutes or so I think we'd have got caught I think we we did enough to get a point there and on reflection I think uh uh, as frustrated as we are that we didn't get that goal in the second half, Clive, I'd, I would have taken a point before the game had even kicked off considering the circumstances.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we did enough to win, to be honest, <laughs> but they, there were no pushover. I mean, as you rightly say, they were hungry to win and they won about nearly all the aerial battles during the game. Um, and they were a little bit nasty as well. And, and sadly, the referee missed the most obvious one. Um, but we've had bad referees all season. It wasn't going to change um, at Salford, uh, and I'm really pleased they've not got in, out of this league because they're a tin pot club. They need to stay in the bottom league, <coughs> and their toilets are disgusting.
3: You mean their portal cabins with li- li- with buckets on the walls, essentially? They
2: have some metal containers which they've converted into toilets, and there was no power to them, so there's no hot water, there's no lighting, and no hand dryers. I mean, come on.
3: Sky Bet League 2 standards for you. No, no,
2: way below the average standards for Sky Bet League 2. They are a tin pot club. They're they're, they're fur coat and no knickers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Some, I think we're going to be in for a long night with Clive tonight. We're going to be in for a long night, but I love it all the same. But, Alan, you know, I think, you know, when you take into that, that consideration, when you look back, yes, you know, in your view, we were poor in the second half. I think we just defended and we had to defend, but... I'd rather come away with a point than come away with nothing because imagine if we'd have lost that game going into the final game of the season because we would have then needed uh, to win. We, you know, a draw might have, definitely probably wouldn't have been enough. We would have 100% needed to win. At least we've given ourselves, you know, we'll look at the permutations properly in a couple of minutes, but we've given ourselves the best-ish possible chance, really.
5: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with the point. I haven't got a problem with the point, but it was quite comical. We, I was at work and we were going around as quick as we could. And then when we're done, we uh, tipped off and we're just coming back to the yard. And uh, the gentleman, Daz, who was uh, sat at side of me, says, oh, team's through. And he starts reading all these names out. And I says, oh, well, where's Oates then? Oh, Oates is in. Well, where's such and such? He's in. And I didn't know who we- I couldn't work out who was missing until I got home and had a look for myself. And then I realized Hewitt wasn't in the team. And in my opinion, that was a mistake. I agree.
3: Yeah, I think, I, think Nigel Clough was re- I think Nigel Clough sort of reflected on that a little bit post yeah. match, but I, I couldn't 100% see Clive why he did do it because he wanted to get yeah. Hawkins in for the height to go up against um, the generically named Matt Smith. To uh, for, for them, he was about nine foot tall. But I think, I think you should, you should have just kept the same back four and just put Hewitt at centre half. I think Hewitt had dealt with him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand the logic, but what you're asking me to accept is that Hewitt. Was worth less in the, the context of that game, uh, in the defence, than bringing back Hawkins. Now, everything that damaged us on 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 Saturday, sorry on Monday, was down the left wing. And you know, it was no mistake from my point of view that we left ourselves exposed because of the change to the back four. Hawkins, I didn't think had a particularly good game either, but you know, that's that's not a real criticism. That's just this happens. I thought we, we beyond the goals, we handled them very well, which is the positives. But I'm afraid that the goals that they scored were gimmies. We
3: should, yeah, they were, they were, they were two they were, gimmies. They
2: were undefended crosses and undefended headers.
3: Yeah, they were two gimmies, which is very disappointing, Alan, from, from our perspective. But we, we, we're we subject to that anyway. I think the, the one positive thing, though, is the fact that after that, uh, excuse me, opening goal within the opening two minutes, Finally, we had the the capability within ourselves to to get back in. Because I said to Lee Wilson, my co-commentator before the the game kicked off, when if we concede first, we might be struggling here because we do not do well when we go behind first, yeah. and that's that's always been my worry. And it's just fortunate that we we made the most of set pieces because you know we, we win a free kick which yes you can watch it back and soulful argue wasn't a free kick but it's given we put it in the back of the net and I think that balances out in terms of the the just if you know with with Lund not getting a yellow card at least for a clear stamp down the back of uh, Matty Longstaff's ankles and then you know it's a, it's a free kick which leads to the penalty also by the way seemed to me like deliberate handball so that should have been a booking which would have been his second yellow card which would have reduced yeah. them to 10 men so yeah, it it swings it. and roundabouts
5: if it had got pockets in his shorts, I think he tried to put it in his pocket. He, <laughs> he did waving at it before he tapped it. But, they- but yeah, Personally, I just don't like perch at right back. I, don't oh, think I, could, it I
3: suits- could so stitch you up with that and, and <laughs> clip that out now.
5: <laughs> I don't. I don't I think it suits him personally. But I mean, that's only my opinion. Well, I think no, is a better, better centre half, and that's the, where the, the remains, problems we had, came from. You know, we right had two previous this, games the where
2: we we won two 0 mm. And so we had a back four that conceded no goals in the previous two games. And we're solid I don't as well. See a, yeah, I don't see a, a good enough reason to change that. Mm. Although I accept the logic that uh, Clough was espousing regarding combating the aerial threat. But I think didn't. you are very much we did. We didn't in the end. We didn't combat it very well. No.
3: I think he'll very much go back to uh, the back four, as was with Perch and O'Toole at, at centre-half. Those two were absolutely brilliant together, and it's really surprised me that it actually took until, what, with four games left to, to go to that, because it was the most logical choice all the way through, but uh, uh, for when they were both available. Uh, Charlie says, should never should never change a back line. That's had two clean sheets in the previous two games. Absolutely agree. Uh, Mark says, well said, Clive reece Salford, away and their away support of 70-plus. Uh, surely it'd be very similar to Forest Green, actually, on uh, That's on another Saturday. Team of club. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Stags chat says not over until the fat lady sings. Slim chance of autos, but we'll be happy with the playoffs with the season we've had. I'm proud we've got this far. Uh, Craig says no need to worry, folks. Alfie's a mascot. Saturday ode from 2020. Mansfield have never lost on any of the past mascot days. I swear down, there were a few of those, it's been me that's been uh, running those mascot packages and passing a piece of paper to Mr. Wilson before the game. I will not be doing that this Saturday because I don't work for that company anymore. So I'm hoping that Alfie keeps the look and, it, it, and my part in that doesn't, uh, doesn't distract from that. I don't, you know, I'm just wearing the pessimist hat really. Uh, Mark says, how exciting is this then? Who'd have thought we were still playing to be promoted at the last game of the season whilst we were languishing at the bottom of the league? And I think above all else, Alan, That's something which, come five o'clock on Saturday, no matter what happens, we need to look back with sheer pride on because this team, at one point, were down and out.
5: Definitely. I mean, they, was it October, November? We're, we're next to the bottom. Mm. And the unbelievable uh, way that they've uh, clawed their way back into it is uh, beyond belief, really. It's the belief that we had from the start of the season, even though they lost the 12, you know, 12, 14 games, whatever it was, where they couldn't win a game. And then they went the same again, unbeaten. So uh, it's like we say, what will be, will be. But uh, we ought to be thankful that we've got Nigel Clough at the helm, we've got the Radfords and David Sharp above Nigel and everything else is clicking into place, hopefully.
3: Yeah, it certainly is. Clive, like uh, the, the comments were, were said there, the, the climb and, and the, the, the journey we've been on has been absolutely unbelievable. And I think, again, it, it, the, a lot of credit obviously goes to the, the staff and the players for the attitude and, and the application they've shown to the games this season and the way they've played. But also, it needs to go to those at the top of the club for remaining patient. I know we've said it before, but it's very, very much worth highlighting here because if things don't go our way on Saturday and if things don't go our way in the playoffs, it'll be a similar thing they'd have to consider. And I think it'll be a similar outcome. I think Nigel Clough will remain the Mansfield manager because it's shown, hasn't it, that faith and patience and allowing him to build over time will lead in some way, shape or form to success.
2: There's no way that Clough will leave unless he wants to himself um, this summer. I and mean, it would be an absolutely ridiculous decision to take. I mean, the man's done nothing other than move the club forward. Um, you could argue that he allowed it to slip back at the beginning of the season, but I don't think he was responsible for the sending offs and the injuries we had at that time. But I think we have two seasons in one. You often say there are three, but I've got before and after O'Toole. Mm. And I think, that was the turning point from my point of view. He brought something to the club that everybody recognised to the point where we fought tooth and nail to get him signed on after his loan period. And I think that was the most important signing we've made.
3: You mean the short contract period? You mean?
2: Yeah. Well, he came on a short loan, didn't he? No, then, it was
3: it was a short short term contract. He wasn't on loan. Sorry, no, sorry. Yeah, I know it's the, it's the illness. I'm just getting it clarified before people jump on you back and defending you. That's old all. You are, well, yeah. Yeah, and I not like him, right, a so. Come bit. on,
2: be fair. It was O'Neill until recently. <laughs> That's uh, very true. No, I I just think that he brought that element of toughness and stability at the back that we have been struggling to, to to get with the existing players, and um after that we really turned it on. And all right, we've slipped up a couple of times since, but everybody does.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think mean, it's it, look it's Forest like, Green. Yeah, I mean, they've sort of. It's almost like they've you know, got over the line in terms of promotion and then they've, they've gone, well, that's it, lads, job done, feet up and, uh, you know, we are where we are. I don't think they'll care too much about winning the title. We'll come on to that a little bit more later on because I want to stay on this the, the run uh, and talking about the run. Um, And Alan, I think Clyde mentioned there, obviously, O'Toole, we talk about the influence of, of Stephen Quinn and I guess it's just one of those things, isn't it, where you look back on this season, you always talk about your ifs and your buts, but those players... With the exception of Quinn, Touchwood, he may be available. I've got a, a funny feeling deep in my water that even if Stephen Quinn is at 40, 50%, he will play some part on Saturday um, against Forest Green Rovers. But with those players involved, they're the key moments. And, and that's what's been the catalyst to this run. That belief in the dressing room and and, and that the fact that we don't, the fact that we, we've stuck together and really, really built on something and, and not allow ourselves to crumble.
5: And it doesn't, uh, you can't miss the fact also where Macca's had a part in that as well, I think, Craig, because mm. uh, he's definitely, well, in my opinion, he's, he's my player of the season, Macca, and I think he deserves the choice because the way he's played, he's brought Quinn into the game. When Quinn's not playing, it's not, you know, it's not, same down the left-hand side, but Macca as always, you know, apart from when he's injured and whatever, he's been there and he's had a tremendous season, but I do agree with Clive about the O'Toole as well. You know, we, you can name quite a few, can't you? Name five, six, seven players. O, Bishop, you know, they all get a good mention, but... Don't underestimate...
2: Sorry, I'll interrupt you. while I have to say things while I think about them. You know what I'm like.
5: Don't underestimate the progress
2: that's been made by... Sorry, i having to see Hewitt because I've, I mean, I've unashamedly put him as my man of the season simply because he's had such a rocky start and he's become an absolute stalwart throughout the season. And uh, as I said earlier, we missed him against, um, I guess, Salford. But uh, there are other candidates, and certainly I wouldn't lose any sleep if he wasn't the, the final choice. But yeah. uh, there are three or four, maybe five players that have been instrumental in turning the season round.
3: Yeah, we'll talk more about uh, Player of the Season awards and things like that later on. Uh, Also, I want to just flag up a quick comment um, from Charlie, who asks, if we don't go up, who do you think will leave the club? We're not going to talk about that today, um, mainly because we obviously want to focus on Salford and Forest Green, but also we're saving that glorious content for the end of the season. (laughs) So uh, once the season's all well and done, um, we always do. We have done for the past Five series of the podcast. We always do our end of season review where we look at things like influential signings, key moments, where it went wrong, where it went right and then of course look ahead to the following season in terms of looking at people out of contract and and things uh, like that as well. So we're not going to talk about that tonight but we will talk about that in coming weeks so make sure you keep stuck with us here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Paul says Clough hasn't even mentioned about leaving. He was on about bringing in four to five players next season so no talks of him leaving Yeah, absolutely he'll be I'm sure he will have one A3 bit of paper on his wall with which says squad for League 2 and then another which says squad for League 1 on. I'm sure there'll be plans very much in place for, uh, for where we are uh, on that as well. Uh, Mark says, please don't play Hawkins at centre-half again. He should be up front where he belongs. I believe changing the back four costs us the win on Monday and Tom asks uh, I like Hawkins but always caught out of the back seems to react too slowly and often out of position he's great if he's if it's in the air though yeah I'm sure he'll give us an option um, on Saturday against Forest Green Rovers let's go back a little bit to the uh, Salford game for a, a couple more minutes then Clive obviously um, really really picked up after that opening goal for Salford and did really really well to come back into it but again it's just that lack of clinical finishing isn't it we had two or three opportunities in the first half to, to make it dead and buried. I honestly believe that if we'd have had at least a two-goal buffer at, at half-time, we'd have gone on to uh, to win that game. And we had the chance as well in that first half. Not so much in the second, but certainly in the first.
2: We did. You've already mentioned the Matty miss. Um, that would have made a world of a difference to the game if that had gone in. And I think we worked hard enough and created enough chances. Just on another day, we'd have scored a couple of them. Uh, as I said at the very beginning, I think we were worth a win. We, the fact we didn't get one is the only thing that really matters. We came away with a point.
3: Yeah, certainly so. And you know, we, we got a we got a couple of goals from McLaughlin and research looked lively as well, Alan. But uh, we were just missing that little bit. Do you think the nerves got to us a little bit on on Monday?
5: I, I don't know about nerves. I think it was. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to put into words. In the second half, they looked a bit cautious. To me, it might have been nerves and, you know, frightened of them because after the equaliser, they looked gung-ho, didn't they? I mean, we know they'd got to win anyway, but they came on really strong, they did, and there are a couple of times, especially when Emu uh, scored the second goal, who shouldn't even have been on the pitch, mentioning mm. no names again, hit the bar. You know, and that was, uh, you know, it could have been 3-2, but we looked too cautious, I thought, but Oates, I thought, was firing on all cylinders again. It was a bit unlucky for that one that swerved at the keeper like it hit his body and went out, because, I mean, that could have gone anywhere. Yeah, that's um, why... I think we're a little bit (coughs) nervous might be a good word, Craig.
3: Yeah, I think that's why I was sort of saying earlier about um, the fact that we we just defended to make sure we protected the point on Monday. And you got I, I've got no real issues with that. I mean, it's just a shame almost that it wasn't the other way around. Like we didn't play Salford on the Tuesday and that was when they needed to win. And then we had... You know, Steven Jaffa as the, the yeah. gaming hand or whatever, but swing. You know, you can't predict the footballing calendar. You can play only play with what's in front of you and things like that as well. So, uh, let's tick off a little bit more a uh, a little bit more of Salford, and then we're going to move on to all the permutations and making it short. We believe. Let's get some post match reaction from Nigel Clough speaking to me pick side, uh after that two all draw with Salford City. Well the math says it's still possible on the final day but that feels like a massive opportunity missed today doesn't it?
4: Yeah of course when we get two one up at half time uh, to get, get two very poor goals away today uh, difficult team to pick today leaving Elliot Hewitt out but we thought with Smith we had to uh, bring uh, but, uh, Ollie Hawkins back in at centre-half and he dealt with him generally very well indeed but ultimately we conceded two goals in the middle of our penalty area, middle of our goal uh, three headers and that's what's cost us the game
3: Yeah and I'm sure that you'll look back on that at the end of the season and look into that in a little bit more depth but one thing your side had today was that encouragement to get back in the game, particularly in the first half
4: Yeah, I thought once we con- conceded I thought then for the next 20 minutes or so we were excellent and uh, we controlled the game totally, deserved our equaliser uh, and for some reason uh, they changed changed a little bit but we stopped doing all those good things uh, for the sort of 20 minutes before half time. We get a break with the penalty uh, and really that should be enough to win us the game today, especially when Salford have to go for it. We need to get through sort of 15-20 minutes of the second half, keep that lead intact and then the game opens up as it did late on and thought we had some unbelievable situations to go on it.
3: Yeah, I suppose uh, we've spoken about this quite a lot in terms of the importance of goal times and Salford's second sort of came at a time where they had enough time to sort of scamper and put the pressure on. Had it not fallen, the longer that clock had ticked, it would have been probably a little bit more easy for your side today.
4: Yeah, definitely. And the, the game would have opened up and as we saw it did in the last ten minutes, so Salford have to win to stand any chance as well. We, you know, we, we got the draw and we're still in with a chance of automatic and the playoffs. We could get, get all three. We were hoping to get the three points and definitely secure the, uh, the top seven. We Manage that, so it's all on next week. Yeah, so
3: Steve McLaughlin got a brace for you today. What was uh, your thinking when he puts the ball down for a free kick behind?
4: Are you thinking this is in? Yeah, I thought he'd score. I thought he'd score. He's, he's very, very good from dead balls and things. Uh, and for a lad who's played left back, I think he's got a good few goals this season now. Uh, very important players for us and it was a a great free kick because he can go over the wall or he can go down the the other side which he did uh, and it gives the goalkeeper a problem
3: And the penalty as well I think it just shows the calmness of McLaughlin at times
4: Good penalty taker, you know Uh, he's been on them uh, for the second half of the season Um, touch wood he hasn't missed so far Um, but but he was good today I just thought the front three misfired Uh, and that was the reason uh, that we didn't get more goals.
3: Yeah, and then a good save as well from Tom King when when Oates went one-on-one. Managed to sort of somehow fumble it away. I don't know
4: how... He just parried it away and as sometimes it drops through a, you know, a, a blue shirt and somebody taps into empty net. We had Jordan in there, we had Mat- Matty Longstaff in there and it just dropped in between everybody uh, and it was that sort of day.
3: Yeah, it certainly was. No Stephen Quinn uh, today. Again, what's the latest with him? Any chance that he'll be back for Forest Green or now, considering where we are with the potential of playoffs, do you think one more week might be enough to get him back for a final push?
4: No, we've got to try and get in them. We've got, we're not, not even guaranteed being in them, so if there's any chance of him being fit, he'll play next week. Yeah.
3: And of course, Oli Clark back on the bench
4: today as well. That was a nice Nice little surprise about an hour before kick-off. Yeah, he's trained a couple of times and we just thought we might need his uh, sort of physicality in there today, which uh, I thought we lacked at times. Uh, We're not a very good team at tackling, uh, especially in the midfield area. uh, And that's one thing he excels in, so that's why he was on the bench.
3: Yeah, and a word on the fans today, over just over 1,200 of them loud as ever again and you saw when they were walking in. i got here about a couple hours before kickoff they're all on the streets all sort of having a laugh and enjoying their away day and even though the resort's not perhaps gone for us the way they wanted it to it's still a nice little day out and i'm sure that'll get you over the line on Saturday at home again?
4: hope so. Uh, it's important as well, we, you know, we've tried everything we could to win the game today, obviously, uh, but it's important that we didn't lose it as well because that would have meant that we would have had to win next week, uh, which is a different, um, to guarantee the playoffs, which is a different proposition against Forest Green, so, uh, but we have seen the team have a go uh, and i was just willing that if we could have just got that winner late on, uh, I think that end would have erupted.
3: I think I already know the answer to this question anyway, but I'm guessing you won't be watching or worrying too much about the, the Portville game because it's all about what
4: you guys do on Saturday. That's it. It's, it's almost irrelevant now. You just know with the fixtures, Bristol Rovers, we've got Scunthorpe, so <coughs> that's why you would expect them to uh, get the three points. Uh, we just got to secure a playoff place and you never know on the final day. Funny things happen. Uh, Um, but it would take an unusual turn of events.
3: A frantic afternoon here. Finally, what's your message to those supporters? still a a handful of tickets, not many left for uh, Saturday at home at the One Core Stadium, but it's a great place for us uh, this year. What's your message to make sure there's not a single seat left?
4: Just come and make the noise that you've made all season, and especially in the last few months, uh, because it really makes a difference. And if we can uh, get close to a sellout, uh, we'll do our best to get in that top seven for you.
3: Always drama with Mansfield Town, isn't there? Yeah, so I'm learning. <laughs> Thanks, Nigel. And much more drama to come on Saturday afternoon. That's Nigel Clough speaking to you for Mansfield 103.2. After the game at Salford on Monday, you can watch more uh, from Nigel on I Follow Stags. And you can also hear from Stephen McLaughlin, the uh, man who scored a brace on uh, Monday on our YouTube channel as well drama to come and we were talking there about the final few tickets uh well since uh we recorded that interview after the game on monday clive uh, the news is out that it is an absolute sellout at one core stadium in terms of the home end on uh, on saturday afternoon thoroughly thoroughly expected it to be like that as well
2: yeah i mean despite all the complications of our ticketing system and policy that's imposed on us we're somehow managing to sell all the tickets for the home fans it'll be a real sticker in the throat to see over a thousand empty seats in the North stand, given the circumstances but we can do nothing about that um, but yes, I'm, by the way everybody who's watching and listening, if you've got a couple of spare, Ian Greaves, upper tickets I'd gladly pay for them I want, I, I, my, a couple of members of my family want to go but that's, uh, that's wishful thinking I guess
3: <laughs> Yeah, very much wishful thinking uh, at the moment uh, as well, but you know, Clive mentioned there, Alan, about seeing a, a, some empty seats in the uh, the North Stand. I think if we, we're being honest, there, there might be f- uh, less empty seats than anticipated because Forest Green fans can still buy tickets on the day, and there will be a few that try their luck. I'm sure they will, Craig. I'm sure they will.
5: But can you do you know offhand exactly how many tickets? You know, you say it's a sellout. What will that mean in terms of uh, our fans? Because I'm got, not sure. It's
3: got it's to be. It's got to, to, to be eight isn't it? It's got to be seven thousand. Is it I, eight
5: thousand something?
3: I would have gone eight two. My guess would have been eight two, but and it depends on I don't know how, how yes. many seats. How many seats are in the north in, in the north stand?
5: The, well, in, to, is it five in the west stand and then two and a half in each north? Yeah. North or the, can't the be can it it's in the north stand. No, is it, is or that, is it five five in the west and 2250 in east?
2: Five five in the ingreve stand collectively yeah the north stand is bigger than the quarry lane end um, and the north stand is about 1400
5: to 1500 seats so you <laughs> all that together it's
2: not we're not going huh. to get nine so anyway anywhere it happens because of the isolation Yeah, we have
5: to leave so many seats and whatever. I just weren't sure exactly, you know, when we say it's a sellout, exactly how many that is. But if it's eight plus, it's going to be very raw, because I know
3: that easily eight, easily eight plus. I think easily. Yeah, I'm going to say seven and a half. But
2: the the reality is, if we do get promoted, sorry, when we get promoted, we are going to have this problem Mm. regularly. So there has to be a solution sought for this. Either we find a way of carving up the north stand so that it can be used for excessive home support when it's required, or we find another way of accommodating away supporters. None of these things can happen overnight. That's the problem.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one because, I mean, prime example for me, actually, in terms of grounds, the way they do it is Carlisle. They have a really good way of doing it. Obviously, they've got concourses and, and toilets and um, food all the way underneath, but they've got these massive, massive... Uh, double doors which you know short and bolt they're really sturdy so obviously fans can't break through which then divides it up very very nicely indeed um obviously you've got all the facilities behind uh the the north stand as, as well which makes it sort of isolated but surely there must be a way of, uh, of of doing it of putting some sort of you know toilet and toilet facilities and um you know food catering facilities in one of the corners to uh, to sort of alleviate that problem it's a it's a very very difficult one
2: i'll tell you the, what the next time that forest green sorry the next time that salford bring their fans to field mill they can use that old toilet in the corner of the ground that is between the they, old bishop to it. street side and the north stand because that's about the equivalent to the ones they let our fans have on monday
3: well the Club. there you go <laughs> There you go. All uh, right, let's 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 move swiftly on. Uh, final thoughts on Salford. Tom says, normally taking four points off Salford in a season is good return. Uh, I think we played well, but unfortunately, they probably raised their game because they needed to win to have a chance at the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, Pedro says, capacity 9186, according to Interweb. Uh, and then conflicting reports in the North Stand, 1800, somebody says, and another says 1619. I I still think just under 8,000, I think, on uh, Saturday. We shall see. Talking of uh, Saturday, it's time to talk permutations with one last chance. You need all your abacuses. You need your fingers, your toes. You need every counting device possible for you to uh, think about this. Quite simply, without overcomplicating it, win. We could get automatic promotion if results go our way. Draw, we're definitely in the playoffs. Lose, we need to then hope that Sutton do not win. We'll go through all the proper permutations uh, in a minute. But first and foremost, taking away, you know, the the supporters element of things, Alan, and all of the the things which come with it. It's so exciting, isn't it, to see it, you know, be so up in the air, be so open, because it just adds to that competitiveness and that... uh, you know the way it, it, it could swing with the emotions,
5: and the the thing I like about it as well, Craig, is you get to know without looking at your phone. You get to know without other teams are getting on because the crowd will tell you straight away. You know it'll be either raw Ro- that either Northampton are in or Bristol Rovers are losing. You know without us, uh, obviously, when we win in. Or if we're winning, you know, obviously we get the shouts anyway. But you can normally get to tell how the other teams are getting on and where you need to be. And I'm sure that counteracts onto the players as well because they'll be able to hear all the oohs and ahs from the crowd as well.
3: Yeah, they certainly will. So it, it is quite uh, it is quite thrilling, though, Clive, isn't it, to be involved uh, within it? I mean. Obviously, three years ago today we had the heartbreaker of MK Dons and needing just a, a point there to go up in, in automatic promotion. It's a little bit more open this time around, but I think that makes it even spicier because we've got no idea who we could play in the playoffs. It could be one of seventeen thousand. We've got we, we could get up automatics and we could also fall out. It, it's oh, it, it, for a neutral, it's beautiful. For us, not so much. It's heart attack inducing.
2: Yes, you couldn't have written a script like this, could you? It's... Mm. Uh, to have so many teams right up until the last couple of games in contention for promotion, it's its incredible. And uh, whoever fails under these circumstances, circumstances shouldn't really feel too ashamed. It's one of those situations where you can't get everybody up there. And there have been a couple of uh, really uh, good sides this year. I mean, for most of the season, Forest Green Rovers have merited their superiority in the table. And let's take our hats off to... Um, to um, Exeter, they've really found form at the right time, and even more so, Bristol Rovers, so you know, that's the sort of finish you need to have, and uh, but I have to come back to the positives in all this, we we have won 13 of the last 14 home games, Mm. and in in that time we've beaten Exeter you know, so we've beaten the better sides in, in the top half of the table we shouldn't be fearful of playing anybody at home, it's just the Scale of the of the reward that's probably going to make us all a bit more nervy and nail biting. Just going back to the attendance, if Pedro's right, about nine thousand one hundred eighty six ish, and if the, the if the uh, away stand holds about sixteen hundred ish, you take one from the other, that leaves you about seven thousand six hundred ish, plus the Forest Green Rovers attendance. So I don't think it'll be over eight thousand. But anyway,
3: yeah, we will all... if it is. Yeah, let's go back to permutations. Uh, we'll talk Forest Green uh, shortly indeed, but let's uh, have a look more in depth then at those uh, permutations. Um, it is it is quite a complicated one. Obviously, the simple fact, like we said earlier, is we get a win. We could go up automatics regarding on results. We get a draw. We're definitely in the playoffs. We lose, then we're looking at, at Sutton. But this is how the land of the uh, the tail of the tape is. Stags can achieve automatic promotion if Mansfield win and both Northampton and Bristol Rovers fail to win. They can also achieve automatic promotion if they were to draw. And this is where it gets crazy. And if North, if the Stags were to draw and Northampton were to lose by six goals or more and Bristol Rovers lose and both Port Vale and Swindon also fail to win, the Stags would go up uh, in the automatic promotion places. Very, very complicated indeed. Let's be honest. Scenario B isn't going to happen, and if I'm having my hand on the heart, I don't think scenario A will happen either. I'll tell you what? You get cracking odds at Ladbrokes for that. You would. You you certainly would. Um, playoffs. Uh, any position in the playoffs. Scenario A: Mansfield win and either Bristol Rovers or Northampton both win as well. Or, of course, the Stags draw. Other results uh, in that scenario are irrelevant. Um, and also, the Stags will get into the playoffs if Mansfield were to lose and Sutton were, all, were also to fail to win. So, uh, a draw would not be enough for Sutton if Mansfield were to lose. And then, of course, the Stags will stay in League Two next year if Mansfield were to lose and Sutton were to win. It wouldn't matter about goal difference. Um, because of how tight it is in there. Let's have a little look at the uh, League 2 table as it stands then at uh, at the moment. Obviously, Exeter City uh, and Forest Green Rovers, both promoted, but both also going for the title on the final day. Thanks to results in the last couple of weeks, it's actually Exeter who are in the top of the tree at the moment. 84 points on a plus 25 goal difference. Um, Forest Green Rovers in second now after leading the way all the way through pretty much on 83 points, but a much better goal difference on plus 31. And then this is where it gets interesting for us. Third place, Northampton. 77 points plus 20 goal difference. Um, Bristol Rovers in fourth, also on 77 points plus 15 goal difference. Stags in fifth, a point behind on 76, also on a plus 15 goal difference. Port Vale then, uh, below the Stags in sixth, 75 points plus 20 goal difference. And Swindon in seventh. Uh, 74 points, also a plus 20 goal difference and goal difference, I've got a funny feeling will take a huge, huge uh, impact on where teams finish uh, at the end of the campaign. And then the two teams that can still get into the Skybet League 2 playoffs mathematically if results go their way. Sutton United in 8th on 73 points and then Tranmere Rovers in ninth on 72 points. Let's run through those fixtures. First and foremost, Exeter City, who are at the top. They play sixth place Port Vale. Uh, Forest Green take on the Stags, of course, at One Course Stadium. Uh, Northampton, they travel to Barrow, which is a difficult place to go for teams to go. They won't have too many fans uh, at Barrow. I know they've asked for a f- more tickets, but it probably won't happen. Difficult place to go, and I believe that Barrow also beat Forest Green at Barrow a few weeks ago, quite convincingly. Um, as well, um, so it could be an interesting one with Northampton's result. But the what almost seems like a banker is the fact that Bristol Rovers in fourth are at home to Scunthorpe United. Now, somebody did say in the comments earlier on, um, about um, Bristol Rovers and, and Scunthorpe's record against each other. Um, it's um, they haven't it, won
5: it, since 2004 at home,
3: yeah, it's uh. Yeah, something. Yeah, 2004 at home. But uh, yeah, you know. I think this year, I think that it is about to be broken. Honestly, Scunthorpe, the worst side that I've uh, seen uh, this season. Uh, when they get to Port Vale, then in six, as I said, they take on Exeter City. Uh, won't have a lot of fans there, but they are beaming it back to Vale Park. Um, as well to try and sort of uh, get the atmosphere going, although it won't make much diff- any difference at all to the players uh, on the pitch there. Uh, Swindon in seventh. Uh, they are... Where have they got? I had it written down a minute ago. They are away at Warsaw. Sutton in eighth, the team that can mathematically catch the Stags and knock the Stags out of the playoffs. They travel to Harrogate Town, whilst Tranmere in ninth, they are... Are away at Leighton Orient. So fixtures, all tough fixtures, Alan. But uh, I think if you were a sensible betting man, your money would be on Bristol Rovers, surely, to uh, uh, to clinch that third place.
5: Well, you'd you'd have thought so, but a draw's not out of the question, is it? providing we win, I mean,
3: it is. We've but we've all yeah. seen Scunthorpe <laughs> play. Come on, <laughs> not, it is. Yeah, but they drew last week. Let's be real.
5: Can't see Scunthorpe winning. But, you know, there's a possibility they could draw and that would help us out immensely, providing Northampton do the same and we obviously beat Forest Green. But, you know, whatever will be, we'll be like we said, Craig, before, if we're finishing the playoffs, we've done exceedingly well. And we, you, you've got possibility of another three games then to sort it out. And then it's in our own hands again, isn't it? That's, Imagine- the, that's the crux of the matter when it's in
3: our hands. Imagine if Agent Sinclair, though, pops up Clive and scores a 90th minute winner for for yeah. Scunthorpe at Bristol Rovers. That some, some, would be something Nick Luffy be like, oh. Yeah, we, we knew it all along. We knew it would come down to that. That's why we did it. Well, Scunthorpe did
2: manage a one-all draw on Saturday, uh, and Mr. Sinclair was an unused
3: sub. Who did they play? Who did they play? Somebody will tell us. I've forgotten. I'm going to have a look now. Oh, at Hartlepool. Yeah, not a bad yeah. result. No, no. Uh, yeah. Not bad Worst at all. Things,
5: Stranger things have happened. Yeah. Although I think Joey
3: Barton will have them fired up. Especially on home turf. I mean, if they were going yeah. to Scunthorpe, I think it might be a little bit different. But the fact they're on home turf uh, as well, mainly because the, the Scum, I think there probably wouldn't be a crowd. I think the stewards and, and the safety groups would probably say, we're not going to let crowds in for that one, yeah. considering what happened last time Scunthorpe were, uh, were at home and everything. And the
2: Bristol so. Rovers have sold all their tickets. I mean, yeah. you'd, you'd expect that. I mean, they've, they've come at the right time. Yeah. Uh, St James's Park is sold out you'd expect that you know Forest Green Rovers can't sell all their seats whatever they do
3: yeah it's this is pedro says this is all in cluffy's plan so we can all have a day out in london i i mean weeks ago i, I wouldn't have someone's got a t- text message um oh, poor from alan poor from alan i i genuinely think you know I couldn't have, I didn't want the playoffs weeks and weeks. Ago. Everyone wants to go off automatics. But I think, hand on heart, heart, Clive, if we're being truly honest with ourselves, the odds for automatic promotion, yes, we can go and try and try and win the game and see what happens. But the odds for it are stacked against us. And we need to be prepared mentally as a, as a supporters you know, collective for extra games to come.
2: Yeah, there's been lots of occasions where if we'd had a goal here or an extra point there or the referee had opened his eyes here or there, we could have been in a comfortable position in the top three. But what's gone has gone. We just have to work from where we are now going forward. And as Alan said, if we if we get enough out of this game on, uh, on uh, Saturday and the other results don't knock us about, then it's back in our hands. We've got a home and an away game and hopefully a, a final at Wembley to look forward to. I personally don't... Hold any hope out as getting into uh, the third automatic spot? Because so I think Bristol Rovers would uh, would would lynch the manager if they didn't get through on this game against uh, a team which has struggled all season and quite understandably. So Alan, go on. Sorry, I finished.
3: Uh, Alan, i was just going to say same same question to you. Hand on heart, where's what's it going to be? Are we going to be in for more games?
5: Yes, I think so. Yeah, I do think so, but <laughs> I'll be well good if we get there because obviously, as you know, I can't go. I'd already got other plans because they changed changed it round because it's normally on a Monday when mm. they have the League Two, but this this time it's this time round it's a Saturday. But uh, I should be cheering them on anyway.
3: Absolutely. Uh, Tom says, the 12-game winless run is what's cost us an automatic spot, been in great form since the Tramir home game. I think we've, we've, we've had a little few stumbles in around it, but I think one thing we have to also do on, on Saturday, Alan, is not sit there and go, well, if we'd have got this here or we'd have got that, yeah. that there, 45 games we cannot change now. We can't change refereeing decisions. We can't change Stephen Quinn being out for six games. We can't change James Perches injury layoff we can't change the the two lads which came in on loan and were were injured when they they came in as well and 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 didn't hit the ground running etc etc all we can change and all we can affect is what we do on Saturday afternoon and I, I honestly say you know there will be fans that are there on Saturday and I mean this in the greatest respect that are only coming because it's a big game it's the end of the season and they want to see some glory so all I ask of those fans is no matter whether we're winning, losing, drawing, no matter what the scores are elsewhere, stick with us because we've had a superb, superb, superb atmosphere at One Course Stadium for for, for probably 70-80% of this season at home. That needs to continue because that will be the difference for me on Saturday because we will drown out Forest Green Rovers any sort, sort of a chance, but it has to be positivity. We cannot allow... Toxicity to play its ugly head.
5: Yeah, well, I think uh, Nathan Barnes will certainly be getting his drumsticks ready in the Q Block and Quarry Lane and lower Ian Greaves. I've heard them all this year. I've heard the ones uh, above as well. It's been a really good atmosphere, you know, with the fans singing and whatever. And like the old cliche says, uh, Craig, the, the table doesn't lie. We are where we are. And same, same as you said, it will have an absolute raucous. Energy atmosphere on Saturday, and I presume John and Carolyn will be back as well mm. because I spotted them at Crawford. Uh, yeah, the they'll DVD. be back. Yeah, they'll be back. So, uh, it should be a really good, entertaining afternoon. Yeah, let's do it.
3: Certainly, hope it is. Clive, what about yourself? You know, it's, I imagine it's the same message from you, isn't it? Yeah, there will be faces that we've not seen for three years since we were at, at MK Dons and things like that. They may be heat emotions and things like that, but the fact is. Hand on heart, like we've said, our season isn't over and won't be over once that full-time whistle blows, unless something drastic happens. So, we've got to keep that momentum going. As you said earlier, 13 wins out of 14 home games. That is an incredible stat. Let's make it 15 from 14.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the vast majority of the Stags fans this season, and let's remember we've increased our fan base noticeably during the course of this season, have been absolutely excellent at every game. Um, There aren't many clubs that have had the... situation that we've had where win lose or draw they're getting applauded off at the end of the game i've you know i've been at the club long enough to remember times when there were the boo brigade won out at the end of matches when we hadn't achieved what we're aiming to and even more so away from home i think the away from home contingent of stags fans is an absolute credit to the club um in uh, and you know i don't think we've ever had less than about 300 go to the the furthest flung game uh, grounds in the in the darkest midweek fixtures Um, and you know we can certainly fill most away ends when we're performing as well as we have done Um, I've 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 thoroughly enjoyed this season whatever the outcome but I wouldn't want not to get into the playoffs now I think I'm with every other fan there we've come this close we've come this far Uh, we warrant being in the playoffs I don't think we quite warrant being in the autos, if I'm being honest. And that's yeah. that's where we are. Nah,
3: completely agree. I, I agree because, you know, we've not been good enough in, in, in some places, but we have been good enough to warrant an extra go at it and see where we are at the end. So let's certainly pack out one core stadium on Saturday. Time to turn our attention to podcast predictions. It's still tight at the top. Nobody scored a point on uh, Monday. So Nathan still leads uh, at the top. Clive, you're in second. I'm in third. Steve is in fourth. Nick is in fifth. Steve Nadine in sixth. Cam in seventh. Alan, you're in eighth. Roger King in ninth. And Ricky is in tenth. Don't forget, every single person who uh, finishes inside the top ten will get a Mansfield Matters goodie at the end of the campaign. And anybody who finishes above a uh, member of the Mansfield Matters panel, will get an extra special gift as well. Forest Green Rovers at home then, time to make your predictions. Clive, I'm going to start um, with you. I want, as always, the score, the goal scorers, and uh, for a chance to double your points, you won't get anything, uh, there'll be no like permutations like losing half your points or et cetera, et cetera, If you you get it wrong, but for a chance to double your points, which you gain on the afternoon, um, you can do a a league position, final league position um, guess as well. So let's start with the usual, the score and the goal scorers, please.
2: I think we'll win 2-1 and I expect the goals to come from Murphy and Longstaff.
3: And where are we going to finish in the table? Okay, Uh, Alan, you're up next.
5: I think it will be 2-0 to the Stags, Oates and Lapsley. And I think we will finish fourth.
3: I'm going to go next. No Nathan or Cam tonight. Uh, Nathan's uh, looking after the little one and Cam's watching Hollyoaks. Uh, they'll, I'm sure, send us their uh, predictions uh, in the week as well. Now, tough one for me. I think we are going to win the game um, at home. Um, certainly back us to do that. It's going to be nervy though. I don't think we're going to keep a clean sheet. I think we will go back to that back four um, of uh, Hewitt, O'Toole, Perch, and McLaughlin. But I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet based on the fact that Forest Green will give it a go. As much as we're saying that, um, you know, they'll, you know, they've done their job, they'll give it a go. They'll come out and give us a go. So they will score. And I think we're going to win 3 1. Uh, I think it'll be nervy until probably the 60th, 70th minute. And then I think we might kick on. Uh, and I think we're going to get goals from Rhys Oates. Uh, I think we're going to get one from James Perch. And I think we're going to get one, uh, an absolute scorcher from, uh, and by scorcher, I mean, two-yard tapping, uh, from, uh, who am I going to go for? Who I go with? He's going to logically score. I'm thinking about points now in the table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine if that happened. Um, I mean, if it, mate. Honestly, if it's nil-nil with a minute to, and we get a corner in the last minute, I'm screaming for him to go forward. I don't know about you. I'm screaming, I'm screaming for him to go forward. Um, who should I go with? Do you know what? I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Lapsley. He scored. In fact, now I'm going to change. I'm. I'm scrubbing that. I'm going oh. McLaughlin. I'm going oh. McLaughlin. Uh, and I think we will finish fifth. I think so we're we've gonna got really... a fourth,
2: a fifth, and a sixth between us. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. we have it spread even at the moment. Notice though, nobody's gone third, Nobody's nobody's gone <laughs> automatics. You never know. Stranger things have happened on the column said it's
2: 460 to one. The odds against getting into the autos.
3: Wow, I well, think we're all wrong i just seen if I've got a pound anywhere, you know, just <laughs> could do with it, could do with the money unemployed and all that. Anyway, let's move uh, swiftly on. Thanks as always for your podcast predictions. Make sure you get involved via the link in the description. Uh, also in the description is the link for our Patreon page, just three pound a month. Uh, there's uh, content on there, a full episode from Andy White, Stag Stories, the glory of the Amber Generation, and episode two, with Barry Statham is on there as well. And uh, at the end of this weekend, we'll be adding episode number three on there, which uh, is with Sweary Les Robinson, the skipper Les Robinson. A great episode on there. So get yourself uh, on there and check that out. And there'll also be some exclusive content dropping on there tomorrow with the last manager to win promotion with Mansfield Town. So make sure you stay tuned to our social media pages Uh, for that Thanks as always for getting involved. That's almost all we've got time for uh today. No highlights to end on uh this time around. Not going to look back on just one game. I'm gonna do something a little bit different in the outro uh today. That's not it, though, from us at Mansfield Matters for this season. Of course, you know, there's only one game left, so everyone will be thinking, well, that's it now, you're done. No, 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 no. We'll be back on Sunday for the final Sunday sermon, probably, of the uh of the Regular, regular season, uh, regular season. Um, we'll be back. And we may all be together as well, weather dependent. We've, all, we've got all plans to, to be all together in one place and sort of uh, have a bit of a social as well to celebrate the end of the season. So stay tuned to our social media pages for that. We'll be live... Uh, on our usual places uh, with that one on Sunday. Then we'll be uh, live in the week as well, which will either be an end-of-season disappointment show because we've lost and Sutton sort of have won, a playoff preparation show, or you never know, what was it, 800 to 1? Yeah,
5: promotion
3: a, party. Pr- a Promotion party episode. So there'll definitely be two at least two more episodes to come. But If we're being honest, there's at least five more episodes. And to the come, attendance so.
2: is going to be 7,777.
3: imagine that imagine that Um, if you haven't got a golden ticket for uh, Saturday's game make sure you listen to Mansfield 103.2 leave Wilson back alongside me uh, every kick of the action on the final day as we un- as we uh, talk about the drama as it unfolds right in front of our eyes from One Course Stadium, a packed One Course Stadium. Can the Stags get over the line? Um, thanks, as always, to Clive, to Alan for getting involved tonight and to Nathan and Cam uh, as well. Um, wish them all the best. I'm sure we will see them uh, on Sunday as well. My thanks to all of you guys for getting involved over the course of this season. As I say, more episodes still to come, so we're not op- we're not over just yet. Just remember that no matter what happens on Saturday, the key word is believe. Nigel Clough, will, as I said at the top of the show, will be delivering a four-word team talk to his players. Alan Wilson, if you were Clough, what would your team talk be?
5: Come on, you stags.
3: Nate, uh Clive, what would your team talk be?
2: Don't drop it now.
3: I would uh, agree with similar things along that line. Only mine would involve a swear word, which is why I'm not going to say it. Something like, <laughs> yeah, you know where it's gonna go. Yeah. As a, as always, uh, as we say, the, with 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 things, always keep believing when you're a Mansfield Town fan. There's an easy way, a hard way, and a Mansfield Town way. Win and results go our way; it's automatics. Win and they don't go our way; it's the playoffs. Draw; it's the playoffs. Lose, and it's all over. Let's not even think about losing. Let's get the one point we need and extend this season a little bit. Uh, further and remember once that, once that full-time whistle is blown, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened Doncaster come away but a good challenge from Lapsley allows Clark to sweep it right for Maris Wait. back inside for Oli Clark here's Quinn, back wide he goes low Ball
1: Ball in. Ball in. Ball Ball three for this sheer one joy for the fact that is an excellent team goal. Oh, it's goal. It's a great ball in towards the middle, and George Lapsley fires beyond the static Lewis J. Hewitt, who steps in, now finds Law, Law low pass. It's, to Reece. It. it's, it's in, one on one with the keeper. Reece Oaks takes it round and gets in. What a ball! from Jason Law. Rizos around the keeper. Back of the net. 2-2.
3: Game on! What an absolute tremendous goal from Rizos! George Lapsley is about to be introduced for uh, the Stags. He's stripping off over on that far side. Stephen McLaughlin is is going to... Gonna take this free kick. There's the whistle from the referee. Oates makes a, a run at the near post. Barry in the middle. tools up there. He's got Barry! Jordan
1: Barry! Mansfield 3-1 up with a forceful header. Spins to the Stags fans and everybody
3: jumps on him. There's Quinn. Speeds it wide for McLaughlin. McLaughlin low ball into Barry inside the six-yard box. Barry with his back to goal. Does well to find McLaughlin low ball into yeah. Mansfield. Lockstar! It's two. Mansfield Town!
1: Lift the roof off the one-course stadium. The low ball in towards the middle. Found its way to Longstaff, who makes it two in two. Matty Longstaff makes it Mansfield Town two. Exeter City nil, and that should be
3: goodnight, Grecian. O'Toole cuts it out on the halfway line. O'Toole, low ball down the right-hand side for Rhys To the right of the area. Oates, great, ball. Ball. Great, no, great ball, great ball! It's Jordan Barry
1: who scores away to our right-hand side with five minutes to go. All the Stags substitutes are off the bench and on their feet. They pile on Nigel Clough as the Stakes players over on that far side pile on Jordan Barry. And Jordan Barry unlocks Rochdale with four to go. Rochdale nil, Mansfield Town one. I told you. I told you this would make. I had a feeling for Jordan Barry today. 30 seconds now remaining, here he is Oaks, on the edge of the box, Rhys Oaks turns, yes. shoots! Yes! Push it back. Yes! Yes! In yes. In. yes! That's your time of sport! <laughs> George Lapsley! Get in there! <laughs> 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 and scores an all-important winning goal for Mansfield Town in front of the tube and it stands oh with Athletic to go. Resos has thundered the bolt, cannoned off the post and it fell for Lapsley who put <laughs> it into the back of the net. All of Athletic one. Oh, my Mansfield God. Town two. Oh, oh my God. stack is has just done a rocketer. turn. Hit the post and it's, I'll tell you now it's written in the stars. He's just come back. He's hit Lapsley. And got into the net Quinn first time in for McLaughlin Good for Madfield Man on his shoulder McLaughlin But does well to turn Find Sturk 40 from goal Sturk coming forward On the edge of the box Looks to roll it in for Akins. Sturk Still going for his right Stirk It's three For Madfield
3: back to that and the hairs on the back of my neck certainly stand up some magical moments have unfolded so far all we're asking is for one more can Mansfield Town do it can they get over the line either by way of automatics or in the playoffs make sure you're there supporting the stags and most importantly believe this is the show for the fans by the fans thanks so much for your support tonight thanks so much for your support over the series we'll be back with reflections on saturday's game in a very special sunday sermon on sunday afternoon and of course more shows after that regardless of playoffs automatics or if the stags do what we're hoping they don't do and end up finishing in league two and finishing in eighth place let's not think about that let's think about all the positives and i'm going to end on this my favorite goal of all one more moment like this please colchester send pretty much everybody forward by one they'll try and overload numbers in the box. A big cluster of players between the edge of the six-yard box and the 18-yard line. It'll be a right-foot delivery over on that far side. The referee just having a word with uh, the one-man wall of Rees Oates. There's the whistle, in comes the delivery now to that near post. It's headed up in towards the area. It's not been dealt with yet by Quinn. It is now to the edge of the area for Oates to try and flick it on, but it's won immediately again by Gene Kennedy, who puts the ball back in towards the middle, headed away by McLaughlin. And now Mansfield can come away because it's Rees Oates in possession through the centre circle. Rees Oates
1: battling forward to the edge. It's the box, it's Rigs. What a goal! What a goal, goal! It's Riggs out! And it is magic from Roadrunner Rigso's! split open Colchester United and sent three defenders ha! watch this bang 1-0 what a goal he's picked the ball up inside his own off. he's gone by three players every single one of them's trying to take his legs and I'll tell you something now there's not many players who would have stayed on their feet there but he's kept going 25 yards out great strike what a great goal Road water. beep beep what an incredible, incredible run by Riesos. I cannot underestimate how difficult that would be for anybody else. It was like he was really... Anybody else would have run into trouble. It was like trying to run through seven brick walls whilst on fire, but he did. A knife through melting butter, every superlative you want, he got through them all and from 20 yards, opened up his feet and just hit it. And that is what Reece Holmes does. That is why he's Roadrunner. And that is why he is a man on
3: fire.